Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everybody back in their places? Great. Let's get started with hour number two of the Brian Gongle Show here on News Radio 1040 WHO. It's 306. I'm Brian Gongle. Thanks for being here for our second hour. Now, earlier this week, my wife and I had one of those parenting moments. Just one of those true classics. Without getting into the gory details, we'll just point out that uh, we've got a couple of small kids, one of whom needed a bath at 11 o'clock at night due to things that had happened in the crib between the time we put her down and the time we went walking past and, you know, kind of sniffed how things were going. She just wasn't doing well. She was feeling sick, and so we had a pretty big mess on our hands. I mean, we're talking the full four alarm, you know, grab the rubber gloves and the Lysol. Uh, there was there was a lot of cleaning up to be done. Poor kid just got sick. It's just all there is to it, you know, and these things happen. But it breaks every parent's heart when it's your kid. Then your kid gets sick and there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to do your best to take care of them. And it, it's just, it's heart-wrenching. It's saddening. I mean, you, you just sometimes feel inadequate because you feel like, oh, there, there's got to have been something I could have do, done to have kept the kid from getting sick or to have made this a little easier on them. And there just isn't. There are just certain things that are beyond our control. We do our best. And as parents, you know, I know every parent out there tries their level best to try to help their kids to protect them, to do what's best for them. I mean, obviously, we've had some extraordinary exceptions uh, in the news here, even here in Iowa, in the last couple of days. But by and large, almost every parent is out there to do everything they can to do what's best for their own children. Which is why, when I saw the report this week from UNICEF saying that there had been a massive, massive increase in the number of children who are now traveling alone as refugees, as kids who have no home, a five-fold increase since 2010, a massive increase in that number. It really caught my attention. It punched me in the gut because I was sitting there thinking of my own experience with my own two kids and just, just having one of them be sick for one night was enough to just make me feel so helpless and make me feel like, oh man, there's got to have been something more that I could have done. And, you know, my kid was fine. She had a nice warm bed to sleep in once we cleaned it. <laughs> she was under shelter in a safe home. Nothing bad was going to happen. We were able to, you know, take her in and get her cleaned up, give her a bath, change clothes. Everything was fine. And then I thought, my gosh, what must the experience be like for these parents who, number one, just are living as refugees and they have to take care of their kids in circumstances with nothing of the sort, no warm bed to sleep in, no access to a bathtub. They could just plop the kid in and scrub them up at 11 o'clock at night when they've, you know, had one of those moments of an upset stomach or something like that. And then I thought, what possibly could happen? What could be so bad? What could the circumstances be? that would cause parents to say that whatever they're living with right now is so bad that they would trust for their child to go unaccompanied somewhere else, to migrate, to become 
one of these refugees. UNICEF says that number is 300,000 that they've recorded just in the last two years. 300,000 children. We're talking a population. This is a worldwide population, but a population on the scale of Metro Des Moines. It's not exactly the same, but it's roughly in that same neighborhood. A few hundred thousand. These are children. These are minors. These are kids who have nobody with them as they are migrating from country to country. Now, they break it down in a number of different ways. One of the numbers they point out is that 100,000 of these unaccompanied children were found at the border between Mexico and the United States in 2015 and 2016. 100,000 kids trying, apparently, to escape something so bad that their parents wouldn't just say, I will go with you, I will try to make my way through. These are parents who have either said, I trust that you will find your way and that you and all of the risks that go with you traveling alone as an unaccompanied minor, that those risks are less risky, that there is less chance of some harm coming to you. There's a better chance of you surviving and having a good life than if I have you here at home with me. It's either that or the parents are absent because the parents have been kidnapped or killed or lost or whatever has happened to them that there are no parents there to take care of them that's shocking that should absolutely rivet the attention of any parent because to think of what we would do any one of us most of us would do for a single child of our own and for almost all of us children who are living with us at home in safe shelter, with access to all the modern world conveniences that we have in 21st century America, I think of what it does to me to imagine my kid sick for one night. And then I think, multiply that experience by everything that it would take for me to have my kid travel alone as a minor. And some of them are older, some of them are younger, but not all of these kids are 17-year-olds. And I can I, just to imagine what that must be like, what that must require of a parent, how heartbreaking that must be, how much it must take to see that happen for 300,000 children. It's that experience of one parent multiplied by 300,000. I'm just astonished by that number. I really am. But, you know, UNICEF is a respected institution. Say what you will about the United Nations generally. This is one area that they have consistently been moral leaders about, taking care of children. And this is just a shocking, shocking number in every form. And you multiply your own experience as a parent just one child, and multiply that by a population, again, basically the size of Metro Des Moines. It blows my mind. It really does. Now, UNICEF is calling for the G7, as they get together to meet, to do things about this. Whether they will act, whether the actions will be enough, whether any of this will be enough, who knows? You know, they're, they're requesting, they're asking that these G7 countries look at different ways to protect these children who are child refugees and to look at what we're doing, even like here in the United States, where we detain children at the border 
What are we going to do about them to see whether we're doing this in a way that is uh, honestly an honorable way to treat children or if there are some other alternatives we should look at? Uh, They talk about a number of different things that they want these uh, G7 countries to address. And we should. The developed nations, the rich nations of the world have a moral obligation, not because we embrace any set of values other than protecting children. But if we aspire to be good countries, if we aspire to say that we believe in important things, that we aspire to any kind of sense of having a moral dimension to our own existence, I mean, if we're not anything other than just a, you know, a bunch of random people who happen to be thrown together and good luck, well, I mean, if, if there's no moral dimension to our communities, then I guess the only reason we have governments and the only reason we have nations is to strictly keep us from killing each other. That would be about it if there's no moral dimension to it. But I think there is a moral dimension to it. I think that is the story of Western civilization, that there is an obligation to do what's right. And sometimes you're going to have to do something by government action. Because, you know, look, I'm, I'm a Catholic, so I, I believe in both sins of omission and commission. There are things you do, those are the sins of commission, and then there are the things you leave out, things that you ignore, things that you walk past. That's a sin of omission. And one way or another, governments are doing things to either set up barriers or to accommodate people who are migrants and refugees. And when we talk here about putting up a border wall here in the United States, okay, fine, but that doesn't change the fact that there will be thousands of child refugees headed in our direction. What are we doing as a moral nation, as a nation with moral leadership in the world to deal with that number and to deal with those children? Because they don't have a choice. They're children that no matter how libertarian you want to be, and I'm pretty strongly of a libertarian bent, no matter how libertarian you are, you have to acknowledge that at some stage, There are people who can't help themselves. Children are first among those. And so someone, something, some organizing body has to step in to protect their well-being and their rights when nobody else will. You know, and if we're going to get upset here, as we should in Iowa, about the apparent abuse and neglect of children here under our own watch, in our own communities, when there should have been something that we could have done, we should be outraged by that. We should be upset because that means we failed the most vulnerable among us. We should probably also reserve a similar degree of moral outrage for bad things that are happening to these child refugees because some of them are getting caught in human human trafficking, some of them are being exploited and abused, some of them are being forced into prostitution. There's something wrong with a world that doesn't address that with the kind of moral gravity that we should reserve for huge issues like nuclear war. That kind of thing, knowing that those kinds of things are happening to children, and it's not a hypothetical, it's a real, it's happening, it's documented, that should have us outraged. If we have any, any moral compass of our own, any of us at all, or as a society, we should be willing to act on these things. We should do what's right by those children, because that 
is the definition, the cornerstone, the foundation of having moral bearings and of being something better than just organized so we don't abruptly and arbitrarily kill each other. We've got to be worth more than that. We'll come back here in a moment and we'll figure out whether it's possible for anybody to have any kind of moral dimension as they're running the country. We'll do that right after this. I'm Brian Gongle. Thanks for listening to News Radio 1040 WHO. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.